0: Holding my chest, my legs, and hands, Silence. feeling the pressure. What? She was a fraud. It's a million bloody degrees out there. Oh, no Wynn. I'm sorry if I said anything awful. Blessed lambs of God. Why hadn't he got up to chop the to come?
1: I was never a good reader.
0: Immaculately bland.
1: Anyway, it looks like What do we do with this now? You're not even supposed to use the word facts. Boys
0: like girls. When we were very young, I was back home in
1: Norwich. <laughs> Square Sound. You're listening to the audiobook podcast for the makers and listeners of audiobooks. Hello and welcome everyone to our first episode of the Audiobook Podcast. I'm Abby Holmes, and together with Justine Sloan Lees. Hi, Justine. Hi, Abby. We'll be discussing what goes on behind the stories in the wonderful world of producing audiobooks.
0: Thanks, Abby. Yes, audiobooks are an area that have been growing in recent years, and a lot of people have expressed interest in not just listening to them, but being part of the production process and narrating. And there is a question that we've heard quite a few times. I've got a great voice. Should I
1: be an audiobook narrator? Yeah, boy. And as a voiceover coach, I've heard that quite a few times as well. So let's talk about the kinds of things that uh, people who are interested in audiobook narration need to know and indeed be excellent at.
0: Well, it's not just about the voice. In fact, having the beautiful voice or the great voice is really just a small part of it. And when it comes to casting, we in fact are often looking for a Large range of different voices, so not just the stereotypically beautiful voice. Mm. But for me, um, and this comes up in the work I do with students at the Victorian College of the Arts School of Drama, it's more about engagement with the world of words. And I want people to be readers. So I don't want them just to want to read audiobooks. I want them to be people who read books and are passionately engaged with books. And I think that that is actually more important. Uh, I want you to be able to tell me the last book you've read and for it not to be Harry Potter, with no offence to (laughs) J.K. Rowling, but um, a broad range of different reading and engagement with language. Yeah.
1: I think if you don't have, first, first up, you really need to have a good knowledge of words and language. In fact, you need to be a bit of a words and language junkie, I think and have a broad vocabulary because you you strike words and phrases in books that are you know that have a historical perspective or come from a different time or what you need to understand their meaning or their history so understanding words and language is really key but also the whole thing about reading you're right you cannot be a book narrator unless you understand how books are structured in a way you need to be able to come from understanding the bones of a book what kind of book it is what it's written in first, second or third person, all of those kinds of things, and how to find the voice of the narrator if it's the narrator or the character if it's a first person. There are many, many people I've heard who send me demos who are reading the words really nicely and all in a line. And you have to be able to create a world that gives access to the listener. And to do that, you have to almost disappear in favour of the visuals.
0: Yes, I agree. There is a massive risk for the listener to switch off if the story sounds read. Going back to what you said about knowledge and understanding, I think general knowledge actually really helps too, a knowledge of history, culture, because that so often informs the content of the book. But so often books have, for example, biblical allusions and metaphors. Yeah. And you have to be able to identify that's what it is and to maybe dig around a bit and work out what it's alluding to because otherwise you don't get the meaning of what you're actually reading. Exactly. The thing about an audiobook is it's a very long form. So maybe in a shorter form, you can wing it a bit and get away with it. But when it's you and anywhere from, say, 5 to 20 hours of book, then you really need to be able to make sense of that language and that world and articulate it and bring it through to the listener.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's when making decisions that you can actually be consistent with over that period of time because, of course, you're not doing 20 hours in a block. No. What do you do as a block? What is a block usually?
0: The average recording block we work around is around about the four-hour mark. Most narrators we find are comfortable for this period of time, but after that there's a sort of gradual breaking point, a bit of brain fog and tongue tying for many at this point and certainly also brain fog for me on the other side of the glass. <laughs> I'll give you a brief overview of the audiobook production process. So you will have the script sometime in advance to give you time to prepare and that preparation time is really important. And later on down this series we're going to zone in r- very closely on how to prepare, Yeah, but you'll have what we think is adequate preparation time. When you come into the studio, normally we would allow two hours to record what ends up being one hour of the finished book. That is kind of more or less an industry standard. More than two hours and you're really at the far edge of the acceptable range for recording time. Anything under two hours is a bonus because the audiobook process, the audiobook production industry is really quite, time and money tight so the quicker we get things done the better normally yep (laughs)
1: like anything
0: (laughs) and then after that uh after the recording it is then sent off to a quality control checker who listens through with the text to make sure that uh technical aspects are correct so that the levels are right so it's audible not too big not too soft that there's no uh, unpleasant audio artifacts like pops, if people know what pops are, but it's where there's quite a plosive noise on the um, on the microphone. Would you like to demonstrate one for us? Puh. It's not very pleasant to the listener, so we try to <laughs> minimise those mouth noises, big dramatic breaths, those kind of things. Mm. But that quality control person is also checking the text-based side of things, so they're checking that words are said correctly, pronounced correctly that words are said as they are. We have to follow the script. We're not allowed to make deviations, generally speaking. So we have to say it as per word for word for word. They also consider artistic things. So is the pace appropriate? Is the tone appropriate? Are character voices consistent and appropriate? That kind of thing. Now, after they've done all that, they'll create a report, which then the director engineer will go through and correct any of those errors And sometimes that involves bringing the talent back to the studio to re-record pickups. And it's important to say right now, if you get asked to do that, don't think it's because you've done something wrong. It's a normal part of the process. It's like ADR for film and TV production. It's a normal part of the process. And that's it. Then we have a finished audio book.
1: And the quality control aspect, is that
0: handled by the publisher? Do you send that back to the publisher? Different audio book production houses will work in different ways, but how we work here at Square Sound, and this is... I think the standard in Australia, at any rate, is that we hire a quality control person ourselves and they go through. But some publishers then also do it themselves. So sometimes we do books that have two rounds of quality control. Mm. So that publisher is prepared to pay that in order to ensure they have the best quality product. Yeah.
1: So should we talk about some things that people do who would like to be book narrators but are not going to get there unless they can actually resolve these problems. Some of the things that I notice people doing when they send text to me is just reading too fast.
0: Oh, if either of us had a dollar for every time we've said in our working lives, I think you can afford to slow down a bit, Mm -hmm. we'd probably be sunning ourselves on our private Caribbean islands at this point. (laughs) That is what I say more than anything else. I think you can afford to slow Slow down. down both for intelligibility for the listener, but also if I find in the studio someone is starting to stumble and making mistakes, generally they've sped up. They're speeding up a bit too much Mm. and not giving themselves the time and the space to just be in the moment and read every word. Yeah.
1: I think it's really the, the problem is that everything ends up being the same pace with those people who are reading really fast. They're going from one thought or idea to the next thought or idea or the next visual too quickly,
0: without a break for thought in between, without because the listener needs that time.
1: I don't know how we can ever measure it, but when we're reading a book, a handheld book, and we're looking at it and reading it, we create our own visual world in that book. We don't really know how long it takes us to read that little bit or whatever, or whether we pause. We don't. But you, as the book narrator, need to understand what is the difference between visual language which is you creating a visual, and the language of thought and idea or, or comment, which you can move through a little faster. So the whole thing about reading too fast is that some things can be read at that pace, but other things need to be a lot slower yes. in order to tell the story. That's where voice acting kind of comes into it and to allow, just as you said before, the listener access to the story. I mean, there are so many things, because I had a place in the country and listened to a lot of audio books going back 10 years ago in the car. Sometimes I would listen to something and I would think, I just can't even listen to this person because they're going too fast. So that's a really key thing, and it is about understanding text and story. You need to go all the way through the book. You need to understand that book upside down before you even think about going to the studio. You can't do a scant read and go, yeah, I got it. It's about Joe Blogs, you know. It has to be a deep dive into that text and then coming out of what the author's intention has been.
0: Agreed. Yes, it is important to be deliberate in your preparation and in the delivery. These will reflect in the studio. Pace actually can be sped up on most audiobook apps, so there's no point rushing in the booth. My husband's actually listening to audiobooks at 1.3 speed. He finds that that suits him. And I've heard anecdotally that people sometimes speed stuff up to match the length of their journey. So they've got a plane trip and they want to listen to this book. And so they speed it up so that they know they can get through the book because it's terrible if you have to get off the plane and you're only up to the last Mm -hmm. chapter. Agreed. Another thing is just being able to sight read and I know that you find this in your coaching work too. People need to be able to pick up a piece of paper, notwithstanding what you've just said about preparation, but be able to pick up a piece of paper and read. And I always suggest that to my students that they pick up something every day and read it.
1: Absolutely. And it can be that.
0: anything. It doesn't have to be a book. It could be the newspaper. It can be the instruction manual to the microwave oven. In fact, things like that, instruction manuals, are really challenging. (laughs) And the thing is now with everyone with a smartphone can record themselves and listen back and listen back critically and strategically and be honest and brutal with yourself. Mm. And then maybe try reading the same thing again. I think practice really helps in this area. Yeah.
1: I think that's true. A lot of people who come to me don't actually read, sight read. They don't read aloud enough. And when they do, I think what tends to happen is that people want to make it about their voice. You know, like we said earlier, it's not about your voice. It's about the skills that come after that and a whole lot of considerations that are not about your beautiful voice. But when you record things, you need to be able to step outside You're listening to your own voice and listen to it as though you were a person who was hearing this for the first time and actually ask yourself the question if I heard this, would I be satisfied? Would I be getting it? Is everything clear?
0: Because it's actually not about you, it's you're a vehicle for the author's work. Yeah, exactly. So I would also suggest people listen to audiobooks or podcasts, but scripted material, not conversational podcasts, obviously. Audiobooks, listen to a range of audiobooks. Check out the reviews. Websites like Audible have reviews. Listen to things that have got great reviews. Listen to things that have poor reviews. Performers on Audible are ranked by star rating, so our star classification system. But if you go down to the comments, there's often comments as well. Also, in the Australian context, if you're a member of your local council library, you can borrow audiobooks from the council library. You can borrow CDs or you can borrow MP3s via a download system. All local councils have this app where you can download. So you don't have to pay for them. You don't have to listen to the whole book. Listen to parts of the book and make an assessment of what it is about the narration that you like or dislike, Mm. what you think you would change if you did it. And I think that's a really good good way to just start listening. The best audiobook narrators, I think, engage with that world of listening.
1: Absolutely. You have to become a much more focused listener, but then you have to kind of work out what to listen for. But let's jump to a question that we've been asked here. I'm going to read it out. It was emailed to us. I'm really good with language and words, but I don't realise how much I read only in my head. It really stumbled me when I started to record my audiobook and just couldn't say some of the words out loud. This is from an author, clearly. They sounded so different. What do you do to get around this? I really want to narrate my books. That is actually playing into the whole notion of I'm not a good sight reader. You know, how do we do that?
0: Interestingly, a lot of the people you work with, Abby, aren't necessarily professional actors as such. That's true. A lot of people
1: who come to me are really what I term as potential voiceover naturals. That is, they can just, and this is the skill pick up any piece of written material and make sense of it off the page bring it off the page almost as though they are mm-hmm. they're speaking through the words yep. to the audience so right. it's really about the audience not about them or their voice and that's really that will be for me a really clear differentiation between someone who wants to be a voiceover artist and somebody who genuinely has the potential for doing it. That's the base skill of voiceover in any of the things that we're talking about and it certainly is for audiobook narration. You absolutely have to be able to read through those words, lift them off the page and make the story make sense. I teach a technique with people who look at advertising scripts or scripts in the corporate world where they actually look at the language as different thoughts and ideas and visual comments and that you actually break it up with a forward slash and you consider each of those pieces as a separate piece of information that almost stands alone. And I think with this person, that kind of articulation or understanding of it will come with you actually going, well, this means that and the next little bit here means this.
0: Yes, absolutely, yes, I agree. But I have to also be honest and say that audiobook narration isn't for everyone. There's people who are fabulous at it and do a great job. But I think with that bit of background work and preparation, you can improve your chances. And later on in this series, we'll be going to the casting process, the audition process, and then we're going to narrow it down, sort of following the chain of process. What happens when you get a book? How do you prep a book? Yeah. How to look after your voice, really important. And we're going to be having some of our colleagues in to discuss some of these subjects. That's right, exactly. Some good friends in the studio. Yep. Some wonderful narrators, some authors we haven't met yet. And then how to behave when you're in the studio, what to expect in the studio process. So that's our intention for this series, is to really help guide you through. So I think what we've started off by saying is, is audiobook narration for me, me being the listener? And ultimately, you should think about that. And then if you think it is, then we'll follow up with the audition process.
1: Mm. And what I'll be doing, what I'll be adding to it, you know, is the skills and techniques section about how to actually cope with the words on the page and techniques to help you through.
0: Also, hating to ruin anyone's illusions, but it's not massively well-paid area of work. Um, It's a satisfying and rewarding area of work and a consistent area of work for some people, But it's not massively well paid, just so people understand. Certainly in Australia, and my understanding is largely in the US and the UK, you're paid an hourly rate, which is based on the recorded hour, I won't go into the detail, to perform the task. But there aren't royalties and residuals in the way that if you perform, for example, in a TV series that then gets taken around the world. So it's not massively well paid, so people aren't going to get rich. really sorry if I've destroyed your dreams on that but as I said it's a consistent form of work exactly
1: so we're going to wrap it up now thank you so much for being with us for this very first podcast from the square sound booth next time we're going to be talking about the casting process so we look forward to chatting to you then thanks Justine thanks Abby bye bye you've been listening to the audiobook podcast brought to you by Square Sound. If there's something that we haven't covered in our audiobook series that you'd like to know about, send us a message at studio.squaresound.com.au. The audiobook podcast was produced by Marianne Plaza, together with Abby Holmes and Justine Sloan Lees. With special thanks to all our guest speakers. Square Sound is an audiobook and podcast studio in Melbourne, Australia. Thanks for listening.